Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 141 of Beer and Other Shit the Podcast. This afternoon, we are in glorious Markham, Ontario, with Jordan Mills, co founder and head brewer of Rouge River. My friend, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Um, if you are watching, you'll see that we have hazy beers in front of me. If you're listening, you won't know that, but now you do know. Um, so that means I'm very, very happy. Been following your stuff for a while. Just checked Untapped. I've only had three of your beers over the years, which is a disgrace. Um, oh, someone's coming through. <laughs> he saw the word brewery. He's coming in. He got excited. Um, yeah, man. Great to finally be out here. Excellent. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Um, so we're going to be running through today a flat of uh, the beers that we have now. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be about two weeks. So a lot of these should still be available and yes. highly likely a bunch more. Or to be made again, for sure. Or to be made again either way. Definitely. Um, so let's start with the first one. Which which bad boy is this? This bad boy is our Beneath the Planet of the APAs. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of our rotating pale ale series. So okay. we tend to change up the recipe every time. Uh, we have a whole series. We started with Planet of the APAs. Then it was like Escape from the Planet of the APAs, Rise of the Planet of the APAs. <laughs> so it's just kind of a rotating series. So we'll kind of go back and forth and, and move around and redo stuff. Um, so it's kind of just our excuse to make pale ales, but always change the recipe. Right. So it's never boring. It's never boring. There's always a new hop. There's always some new combination of uh, of different ingredients in there. I love it. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers. Get in here. Oh, I love it. Creamy. Yeah. Oh, what hop is that? So this is a brand new hop called Sabro. I thought of, okay. I was going you know, <laughs> to get cocky. I'm absolutely, because I had a, a couple Sabro single hop beers lately. Okay. I'm like, I know that flavor. Yeah. Okay. Get the photo. <laughs> Glorious. Oh, look at that, man. Look at that. It's a good one. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, this has got Sabro in it. Sa- Sabro Ozaka blend. Sabro um, Ozaka. So, nice. yeah, this is the um, first beer that we've done using Sabro. Just managed to get like yeah. one box of it. So, just figured why not throw it into. Give it a crack. Pale ale. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about it? I, I feel good about it. Um, I heard a lot of like really good things. Um, it has like a to unique it. kind of coconutty note to yes, it. Yes, it's very it a tropical kind of fruity coconut kind of flavor. Yes, um, which is super unique. You don't see a lot of hops that have that kind no, of uh, tasting not. note in it. And then the Azaka is just a little more of that pineapple-y mango kind of tropical thing. Super low bitterness. Yeah. Um, some wheat and oats kind of classic thing going on there. Super uh, creamy too. Yeah, I love it. Nice and chalky. I love that uh, that vibe in uh, super drinkable. This is actually a zero IBU pale ale as well. Oh, zero. So we've been nice. experimenting with some zero IBU stuff. Okay. Even though we don't declare it as like as well, it is kind of declared, but you know, you wouldn't necessarily know it was a zero IBU pale ale. Right. So what, been, what does that mean? No bitterness. No hops. And no bitter in hops. Yeah. So basically, the way that we add the hops is all done to avoid any IBU. So we do add. Uh, hops on the hot side, but okay. it's below the temperature at which bitterness is extracted. 
Right. So if you do see these zero IBU IPAs, that could either mean that it's only dry hopped, or that if they do add hops in the like on the hot side, it's below that temperature. Okay. So, I didn't realize. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to make a zero IBU IPA, but this is kind of like an experiment with zero IBU. Yeah. This is great. Super crushable as well. Yeah. Like it's five point two. Yeah. Nothing yeah, too crazy. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I also uh, I, I love that everything is hazy as well. I definitely want to get into why because that's something that like I guess you make any clear as I, I'm including the second beer here is, <laughs> but that's a, uh, a whole different story. I guess you don't really make clear IPAs or West Coast sort of IPAs generally. No, no. no. It, um, we we've experimented with some stuff in the past. Like our winter IPA was a little more of like a traditional, a uh, little bit of caramel malt in there. Okay. I would say. So um, but yeah, slightly darker. So our winter stuff, you know, our winter IPAs in the past have been uh, with some crystal caramel malt. Okay. But I I personally don't really like crystal malt okay. at all. Yeah, it's not your thing. <laughs> and to be honest, our customer base seemed to agree with that yeah. <laughs> as well. <laughs> so you got a good thing going. We would make certain recipes like the winter IPA that uh, had some some crystal malt, and it, I could tell it was not selling quite as much as some of the other stuff. And anything with like a little bit of amber color, people, it would still sell, but I could tell people weren't really into it. Hmm. And I wasn't really into it. So essentially we've kind of gone like crystal free. Right. <laughs> on, on, most of our, free. on most of our IPAs and pale ales. So you'll see combinations of like wheat and oats, some English malts, some Canadian malts, German malts, whatever, but typically like zero or, or none, like basically none. Uh, no crystal malt, no caramel malt. All right. So no, no, no caramelly, raisiny flavors. Um, yeah, these beers are all most spent, supposed to be hot bombs, not supposed to be like malty by any means. Right. <laughs> or the malt characters should be super subtle. If right. Anything. Like complementary to like the hop, but the hops of that. Let the, the hops the key shine, players, right? as the as the people say, as yeah. they do say, as the people say. <laughs> um, tell us about how you got into beer, man, and then and how that led to the brewery starting. Yeah. Um, I became a home brewer uh, what, back in 2000, beginning of 2011. Okay. Um, yeah, I was working for Mill Street back in the day. All right. Um, as, a, as a brewer? No. Oh, no. So I started marketing. I was doing uh, sponsorship and events. So I was like running Sick. festivals, doing tastings. That was kind of my entry into the industry. Um, and that got me into like going to festivals because I was working festivals. So tasting different beers, um, just expanding my palate a lot. And... Uh, for me, I, I remember trying a double IPA back in, I think it was 2010 actually, and I had never had a double IPA before. It was from Garrison in uh, Halifax. In Halifax yeah. And I had their double IPA and it it blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is, is the this? most dank, <laughs> bitter thing I've ever tried in my life. I'm you like, liked it immediately? I think yeah. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I think of it. <laughs> well, it's so intense, right? Like so bitter, so yeah. grapefruity, but uh, so delicious. It, it makes you want to figure out like, why do people like this, I guess? It just, it was so different than anything I've had. And yeah. then the other thing that happened was that beer wasn't sold in Ontario at the time. So right. they just brought it for this festival and just brought it to taste. They, they were going to be selling to the LCBO later, but not at that time. So I was like, I love this. And there was nothing in Ontario as far as I, back in those days, there was nothing like that in Ontario. Like right. IPAs back then weren't quite what they are today. So that kind of drove me to start making it myself. Hmm. And then, as we know, like IPAs are best fresh. Yes. And so, like, what fresher way to have it than you making it? <laughs> right. Doesn't get better. And then you could just have it at home. So it was kind of like those two things together that started me into okay. brewing. 
And did you get, were you good straight away? No. No? <laughs> no. Kind of no. took away the time? No, I was doing like, you know, plastic buckets. Yeah, the uh, the five gallon, um, the big guys and stuff. Five gallon plastic buckets. I, I didn't really, I didn't really have anyone teaching me. Right. So, I mean, I did work at a brewery, but I was just kind of messing around at home just with friends and stuff like that. And the beers were, they were bad. They were bad. <laughs> It was in a bathroom closet, and I don't know what was wrong with that closet or whatever, but there's <laughs> a lot of... giving it complimentary flavor. No, no. Uh, it didn't do anything to help. Uh, no temperature control, no nothing. Oh, just bucket yeah. in, the, in the closet. And it was beer, but... It wasn't good. Beer. The drinkability was questionable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, did it take a while to get... To get it took years. It? it just took, like, you know, just trying it and trying it, and then you learn, right? And there was, like a few books that I was reading, you know, there was a few people I was talking to, how to brew, John Palmer. Um, There's a lot of, like a few things on YouTube back then, just, you know, watching people brew. I was like, okay, I'm picking up this, picking up that. Um, Yeah, it just took a long time of just keeping at it. And I started with a few friends, but I I was in the industry, so I was more serious about it. They weren't in, you know, they weren't in brewing related stuff. So I was already kind of a little more involved and uh, just stuck with it and stuck with it. And then eventually started to get a bit better okay and how did that lead to actually you know wanting to take it professional and uh, opening a facility yeah so um it kind of just started with just brewing improving improving recipes improving technique um the beer became more drinkable (laughs) uh it actually eventually became actually pretty good right (laughs) um and then it became this point where uh i'd be bringing stuff to my partner's place and we'd be trying it and we'd be like, this is as good as whatever we're buying from X brewery or Y brewery at the time. Right. And that was kind of like, hey, like, there's nothing in Markham that's that makes, you know, there's no place in Markham that serves beer like this or that makes beer like this. So why don't we become that place? Right. So that kind of thought, it was like, okay, that's cool. But, uh, you know, if we're going to do this, I want to get some professional experience. Okay. So that's kind of led to my move to the brewing side of Mill Street. Uh, nice. So I transferred to the brewing department there and uh, kind of got my commercial experience because, you know, I kind of compared to like, yeah, you can cook for your family of like three or four, but then trying to cook for like 150 people or, or whatever. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's a bit Pull of a different it's a bit of a different game. Yes. So the, some of the ideas are similar, but you're working on a very different kind of scale. Totally. So there's definitely a lot of stuff to learn just working on a much massive scale. Um, and it was kind of interesting because coming into this place, we're like on a 10 barrel system, 12 heck, whatever. Um, and I had never worked on a system this size. I only worked on a homebrew scale, like five, 10, 15 gallon or like 60 heck, 120 heck system. Jeez. So I'd never worked on one of these more manual, um, kind of so in between kind of in betweeny kind yeah. of brew puppy kind of systems. Right. So there's a bit of a, I, I wouldn't it's say adjustment. too much of a learning curve cause it's, you can kind of put together things from the tiny scale and the gigantic scale, and they kind of meet. So you went straight from homebrew to like, like essentially macro level scale. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, they had a 60 heck brew house in the old brewery, and then uh, before I left, they had a 120 heck brew house. FSA, just pretty substantial. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Did you come up with any recipes there, or were you more um, sort of? learning was it more like the procedural kind of experience where like you brewing the same beer day in day out i i wasn't um involved in any recipe development there okay i was doing a lot of that at home like just kind of on my host home system experimenting right um so, so if you learn something new you'd be like all right let me take that home and see how i could 
Yeah, it's all just good, like good process, good technique, really. Yeah. But recipe stuff wasn't a big thing there. It was more just like pretty set recipes, and right. it was just like execute this thing, getting to know how the process and stuff, which I think is really key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's more like dialing in the process stuff, and then the experimentation and recipe development and all that was more like just my personal that was that. stuff gotcha. at home kind of gotcha, deal. Gotcha. Um, I, I hear it a lot that it's either Mill Street in Toronto, maybe <laughs> Amsterdam as well, in Montreal, it's like um, Saint Ambroise or McCall's or whatever, uh, places like that where a lot of really good brewers get to go in and this whole Trois-Brasseur stuff like that get to like hone their processes. For I sure. think it's really cool. Like it's like an interesting thing. It's like you really go in there, you see this ridiculous scale, you know how things work, you know how one mistake can affect everything, blah, blah, blah. And then when you scale that back, because generally if you're working that, you've probably done some homebrew. Yeah. So it's kind of like a really cool like schooling i guess definitely and the people you meet too are super talented and you know everyone brings a different set of skills and a different background right um you know you just meet so many great people and yeah it's dope yeah and then so you were doing that you were tweaking the homebrew and then uh when did this become a reality well uh we kind of got the building back in i guess it would have been early 2016 and started okay. doing renovations. So it needed like a huge overhaul. You know, we were hunting for a space for a while. So it just had to be completely renovated, everything torn down. Right. Um, this used to be an old brewer own. So oh, they made yeah. beer and wine. Yeah. Um, okay. So is that I, kind of fitted for it to a degree? A little bit, a little, a little bit. bit. So there's certain things that were existing, like they had a steam boiler, which really helped. Um, they had a bar which we refurbished yeah, and right. kind of redid completely this, this shape, um, essentially. walk-in coolers were existing right. um but yeah the brew system was useless to us because it was more you know five it was like 10 gallon batch kind of setup because it's for the homebrew yeah, yeah kind yeah. of a brewer own kind of setup so that that kind of helped us a bit but the place still needed to be completely redone so right. uh so yeah we moved into here kind of had to completely rebuild it and then yeah october 2016 we uh got the doors open October so, Okay, so I was basically working at Mill Street up until like the week before we opened. Right, <laughs> maximizing. Oh, that must have been hectic then, because you probably yeah. were like working and coming after work, and then yeah, here. before work or after work or before and after work uh, for yeah, about like nine months. Jesus. So it was a little bit. That was a lot. Eh? A little bit crazy. <laughs> so yeah, once we opened here, then I just I was fully in this right, place. Right. Okay. And I guess you would have been brewing in that lead up and like doing test batches and stuff. A little whatever. bit. Was it more like just balls to the wall? Like we're doing it. <laughs> it's like we got all our paperwork. We got everything. We're and the beer's good. Like all right, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> what um, what beers did you open with? Uh, we first two beers were Autumn IPA and Autumn Pale Ale. Okay. So we kind of started with this concept of doing like seasonal pale ales and IPAs. Okay. Um, we still follow that concept a little bit. But we've kind of started to mess around with it. A bit because um, I really like the idea of having a, a recipe that evoked the sense of the season. Okay. So whether like the flavors that you were doing or the color of the beer. Um, so we're talking like earlier, like the winter IPA was a little bit darker. Like you, right. you know, in winter you might want some of those like sweeter, richer flavors. Spring stuff, you know, tends to be more like floral. Like all the the trees are blooming, the flowers are blooming. You yeah. know, and like and there are hops that will give you that impression, right? Plus. Um, so we were kind of like, we target some of those flavor profiles. So we started with this autumn series um, and then we started immediately getting into sours. Um, Sick. I think we did like an apricot sour, like a kettle sour was like our fourth beer we ever did. All right, um, they're messing around. They probably yeah. wouldn't as popular back then. No, um, you know, people still come in and they've never had a sour. 
Maybe like yeah. every day. <laughs> That's crazy. It's and like, have you ever had a sour? And people are like, no. Like, no do you no, know what a sour is? And they're like, no. no. I'm like, all right, sit down. <laughs> like, right, let, me tell you. <laughs> let me let tell me you. Let me tell you about you. it. Um, were you, when you guys opened then, or at what point? Because if you're talking October 2016, I think I had my first New England IPA, which was juicing from sawdust around that time. Mm-hmm. And I know maybe a year or two before then is when it was sort of started as a trend, if my understanding. So at the time, if I'm not mistaken, that was the only one that I knew of in Ontario that was easy. There might've been a couple of others, but literally like two others. Yeah. Um, so did you, how, how long did it take to, for you to get or decide to do, like why did you decide to do Haze and how long into opening did you drop your first one? Um, I guess the, the thing is like we've had degrees of haze. Right. <laughs> so it was like all, all of our stuff has always been unfiltered. Okay. Uh, typically it's unfined. Um, so there's like almost no processing whatsoever. Um, so all of our stuff has kind of always been, um, you know, has had some degree and especially typically like high rates of dry hopping. So high dry hopping rates will typically give you haze no matter uh, if there's wheat or not. Right. right. Um, so we, we've always had some haze, but definitely the yeast has been like a bit of an evolution. Um, we started a little more conventional um, with just your standard like Cal Ale, San Diego Ale kind of kind of yeast. And then we started experimenting with um, some of the fruitier kind of hazier, like New Englandy style yeast. And, right. and to me, like I'd been aware of like Hetty Topper and stuff since it be- kind of blew up, which was like, you know, like quite a, a bit before then yeah yeah um, when it was like the top rated beer in the world or whatever was that beer. around that early time 2010-ish I forget no I mean that was maybe later. more 2015 I, I forget but I remember it was a big deal when I think uh, not to be too gear beer like nerdy rating this but I think I think like I think and don't quote me on this but like Hetty Topper overtook like Pliny as like the top rated beer in the world seems familiar at some point, whatever. Yeah. And that was like, oh, shit, like things are changing. <laughs> oh, I guess that, that's a good indicator. You, yeah. You're right. And, and even s- then, it's still like Vermont IPA. It's still not, but it's still on this yeah. profile. And so I had been aware of like Hetty Topper and, you know, I, I got a chance to try it, you know, maybe 2016 or, or 2015 or whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, this is interesting. This is very different than, you know, some of the West Coast beers that had inspired us originally, yeah. um, you know, from trips to California and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Um, and I was very aware of the Hetty Topper and, and kind of some of the ideas that, like the style of that. Right. The, the hazy IPA, which, like which was, it's in. still not fully like well explained or understood as I'm sure you've seen, like there's a million ways to make a hazy IPA. There is, yes. And it's, yeah. there's, you know, everyone's got a particular way to do it. And yeah. there's no right or wrong, but there's definitely better and worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> facts everyone kind of has their little thing going some works some not so much exactly okay. exactly but there's no manual out there like that he's had to do it yeah. although because like you see like at the um i want to say it was either like gabf in denver last year was the, the the most entries into the contest or at least um in the festival were were hazy ipas and i think there was some sort of judging thing based on that and therefore there's a BJCP now for that. But I don't know if that tell, I think it more tells you what the beer is supposed to taste like as opposed to how to make it. Yeah, there, there's a few ideas like, yeah, wheat and oats are pretty like accepted. Pretty common, right? yeah. Higher chloride contents in the water is like somewhat accepted. Lower bitterness is like kind of a kind no, There's of, like a definition, but it doesn't tell just you. Just doing all those things doesn't make the beer good. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> 
very very true <laughs> okay so, so how long know. into then okay so that's how you got into it then but say like october 2016 when was the like i guess the first two were sort of opaque perhaps when did you start i mean this is like just straight this is what i want to be drinking all the time like yeah, like yeah. merc bombs like yeah when did the first one of sort of this ilk drop would you say? I'd have to like look back into the records a bit. Um, 2017 though, right? Like, yeah, know. I probably wouldn't have been right at the beginning when we were targeting these like crazy haze bombs or whatever. Right. Um, it was probably like mid 2017 or maybe some, somewhere around there when I was like, okay, we kind of, what we did, we went through a lot of different yeast strains too. So we started with the more conventional stuff, like I was saying, the Cal Ale type deal. And then we kind of moved into like San Diego to mess around with that. We did some yeah. other American stuff. Then we started moving into like some of the English yeast. Uh, like London Ale 3, uh, a.k.a. Foggy London. For, right, right. Uh, some of our escarpment customers. Shout out. <laughs> they know. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so we kind of started moving, you know, trying different yeast strains, seeing what the result was. Um, and then now uh, we're using a blend of yeast. Oh, um, so it's a house blend to a green dome? Um, it's something I don't think many people are using. Okay. Um, but it is a blend of the Vermont strain and another strain. Okay. So, don't. Yeah. Either way, though, that you're doing, I think that's how you got on my radar. Probably, I want to say 2017. Then we we're just talking about the still Dre. I would have had a 2017 Oktoberfest and 2018. They had the Brute Lee. Yeah. So at least from then, so was that 20? Yeah, like September 2017. You would have been having that stuff. That and even that was a farmhouse. It wasn't even a. Uh, yeah, that was like a Brett IPA. Oh, it was Brett IPA. Brett I'm IPA, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, I guess it's been a while and like being that I was proactively looking for it, that's how I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. Um, being in, in Quebec, it's hard, in it, hard to get hold of the stuff. For sure. And I guess the, the most common way to get your beer, even for Ontarians, is to come here. Or like, are you on a beer bars and stuff? Like Baja yeah. type of thing? Yeah, we're in a few places, like um, a few places trying to kill tequila bookworm. Shout out to them. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. They, they've probably yeah. been our best customer, like, since we started. Sick. Um, shout out to Pharmacy Bar. That was our very first customer. Okay. Uh, King West. Shout out. Um, <laughs> shout out everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of places, um, but it always changes. Um, it's it's very, like, you know, we send out a few kegs every week. It's not, like, like 100 crazy. kegs going out. It's, Maybe like, a few though. kegs. Yeah, yeah. So even places we ship, they might not tap the keg for two weeks or one week or two days. We don't really know. Right. And a lot of those places don't update their lists either, so we don't know when they tap it. Right. So it's kind of, like, it's out there at a few bars. Um, the best way is just, like, to message us. To see like, where hey, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, bear, what bars got kegs of this beer or whatever? Because it'll be only, like, typically... I'd say like four to ten bars will get any okay. given beer. Some you, in Markham, some in Toronto. Okay. Any reason that you haven't sort of gone harder with licensing? With licensee hmm. sales, you mean? Yeah, like getting kegs to different bars and stuff like that, or it's just that. Prefer- it's a bit of a different game. Um, it's quite a headache, I hear. It's 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 not the most effective way to sell our beer. I'll right. say. Okay. Um, our our kind of like. The way to sell it is typically out of here, like on draft. That's kind of where the uh, the, the margins are. Right. Um, and the beers we make, they're they're kind of expensive to produce. Yeah. I bet. Um, like super high hopping rates, super high fruiting rates. Um, so kind of like licensee sales is like a little more of like a volume game. So it's beers that cost less to make and that you can move serious volume. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being a good formula for like licensee stuff. But the stuff we do is not. 
you don't really have any of that. that no, much, right? everything is like pretty expensive to produce and uh, yeah, it's better yeah, for us to sell it out of here. Like, it seems more of like a branding slash awareness uh, tactic um, in a, when I say tactic in, in a positive way, like letting people know they'll come to a barn and be like, oh, what's this about? And they'll get to try it and they'll be like, oh, you're in Markham? Oh, cool, I'm out there that way. And then they didn't know about it and then come through. It's kind of like the same, as you can say, for like an, if you had an LCBO skew, like even if there was one standard beer that you pump out just for LCBOs for brand awareness, that's kind of would lump a lot of that for, for a, a bricks and mortar facility anyway. For sure, for yeah. sure. Um, speaking of expensive beers, <laughs> next one. All right, Barrel Aged Cherry Sour. Um, I was saying our first our first wine barrel aged sour we've ever done. Very um, we've cool. done one actually in like uh, already used whiskey barrels. Okay. Um, that was our apricot barrel aged apricot, but this is the first nice. wine kind of true wine barrel aged. And sour. that was California Cab South. This California Cab South barrels. I yeah. love it, mate. Get in ya. Cheers. Woo! I love that shit. Need some tums, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting that lately. I'm getting <laughs> um, it was, I'm sorry, what was the fruit in this? Cherry. Cherry. You just said that. I'm silly. It looks cherry too. Mm-hmm. That is great. Fantastic. Um, with that super puckering sour. Yeah. It's a little more aggressive on the uh, acidity. <laughs> um, I love it. I'm here yeah. for it. If you're in the mood for it, it's uh, it'll deliver. Mm. Cherry is a nice balance, particularly with the, um, oh no, don't put that down. We got the photo, bro. You know the drill. Sorry. So, no, don't apologize. <laughs> Where's the button? Oh, oh it's like I've never done this before. Oh, you need you want that angry face? Yeah, I look pissed. That's oh, good. you like it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the ABV on this bad boy? This is seven point seven. Seven seven. Nice. Yeah. Um, and cherries and uh, cab sav barrels. Yeah. Um, anything else? This was um, yeah, kind of like our house mix culture that we started up back um, back in twenty seventeen. So just like kind of a couple different types of yeast, a couple different types of bread, lacto, pedio, kind of classic blend. Um, and then we put it into those California Cab Sav barrels. Yep. Um, and then we added a pretty unique bread strain um, okay. for the nerds out there. It's TYB187. Hey. Uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite bread strain. It's the, it's the a greatest. Tr- a true, <laughs> I talk about it all the time. Bro. A true classic, 187, really mm-hmm. hit the mark. Uh, <laughs> so it's a single bread strain from uh, the Yeast Bay which is okay. company out of San Francisco. Um, so they're more of like a boutique kind of- They're the of, ones um, that like stash the yeast from across the world. They're like almost like a, um, a yeast bank. Is that them? Or that's a different mm, I don't know if that would be them, no. Okay. They yeah. have their own kind of like private or more more kind of boutique-y type strains. So they do like a Vermont, they do like different Brett blends. Right. Um, also it's called, so did you say they're in San Francisco? Yeah. And they call Yeast Bay? That's the one. Yeast Bay. That's called TYB. So um, yeah, this was like, they just released this Brett. So they do a lot of trials in-house of different Brett strains. And yeah. this was their 187th trial. <laughs> and I believe it was the first one that was worth uh, actually releasing commercially. Right. <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah. That's how long it took. So that's why it was TYB187. So it was like a single Brett strain that was unique and seemed to actually work well. Okay. So this was secondary fermented with that TYB187 right. uh, strain, which um, I think is fairly unique. A lot of people maybe don't talk about what types of bread and stuff they're using. No, but I don't get that. It was their sour blend, which they call uh, melange. So this TYB or the East Bay melange blend to ferment. Mm-hmm. And then secondary with uh, 
with TYB 187 fret okay. stream, single fret stream. I'm for definitely the, even for the more for the, uh, you know hardcore. We definitely we definitely have a, a solid industry um, listener base, so I know there'd be a bunch of brewers out there who'd be like, "All right, taking notes." Um, the I'm getting sort of like like that sort of funky, almost like I don't know if I'm getting it right, like leathery. Yeah, you got some like good like that. classic like Brett funk. Um, definitely like some little vanilla, vanilla oaky kind of tones to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty assertive on the acidity. Um, assertive, I like that. Yeah, it's not like, it's not a non-sour drinker sour. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't uh, introduce them to no, that. No, this you'd, is like, you'd stick with the kettles for that. Yeah. Way. Right. So I really like that. Um, it's pretty cool that you were thinking about, uh, you know, two years down the track, like you know, you've been open two and a half. Yeah bust this out six months in it's pretty dope yeah <laughs> what so uh, i mean i guess barrel age stuff is something that was important to you from from the start yeah it's it's, it's a definitely like a, a class of beer that i do really enjoy um it is kind of for small breweries and, and like upstart breweries it's very difficult to do because it's yeah. a lot of like upfront capital um and we're not like capital heavy people so right. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of like do right. things as we can basically right. So I was like, okay, we can afford barrels. Okay, we can afford uh, like a yeast blend for this. Okay. It's like, let's wow. do it. Like one step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. This is all the bad boys here. I just noticed the... Yeah, so that's all of our like sour stuff. So some of it's uh, sour, some of it's more just Brett. Um, so we have like a Brett Saison that's uh, aging away nice. since uh, the beginning of the year, I think. Um, and then we have some bourbon stuff over there. Um, not much, just four barrels. Okay. Um, so it's just like pretty small bourbon and then sour collection is like kind of growing. Right. Um, we don't have like a ton of room for barrels in here. So we're, yeah, you kind of like have to be a little, uh, yeah. crafty with it. Yeah, exactly. But it's something that I, I really do enjoy. Like barrel aged sours are, you know, sick, some right? of my favorite beers in the world yeah. as well as IPAs. So at least I have to give it my, uh, you know, my shot. <laughs> hey man, give it's it my a, go. They work well together because they're both kind of like I was about to say they're extreme styles. I mean, I feel like there's a certain audience who really love like the barrel laid sours is a very specific audience versus the like the kettle sour kind of fans. Yeah, and even the uh, these the, the, this would have been argued that like the Hayes fans were more on the extreme side. Now it's probably damn near the majority or whatever. Right. Um, so it's good. It's a nice little thing. Do you, so you do, you have done some stouts and stuff before? Yeah, we don't do a lot of stouts. Typically only like we do this barrel aged stout. We release once a year, nice. um, which is never say never, which is kind of just based off the fact that like, I never thought that's I would there, make right? a stout. Yeah. That's yeah. in those bourbon uh, barrels. I thought it was a Justin Bieber reference. But uh, well, you know, I'm also a big Justin Bieber <laughs> fan. So. Hey, <laughs> give this a thumbs up. Shout out to Bieber. Justin Bieber <laughs> Stratford. What up? Are you really a Bieber fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're right, I should have asked you that. <laughs> I love people. Uh, <laughs> I always like, if I have to put music on at a party, I put people on all the time. <laughs> Tiff gets so mad. And then you get beat. <laughs> then people, yeah, people try and want to beat me down and it's uh, not too pleasant. Um, sorry, I got distracted by the beeps. Um, the, so you never say never because you were sort of initially weren't going to do a... Not, not really and, into stouts, not a big stout fan. Um, but it was like, hey, I, I would never say that I wouldn't make something. Okay. I would say I, it's, it's not in my plans right now, <laughs> but I'm, you know, and that was kind of just out of that. So we're not big stout people per se. Um, so we do this like barrel aged stout once a year. Um, and then we've done some stuff with like kind of an imperial stout with cherries and coconut. Uh, Ooh, and nice. then we did one recently. It was like a nitro coffee hazelnut stout. Damn. 
So it's like if I'm gonna we're gonna do a stout, it's Going gonna in. be something kind of a little bit weird. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, what was this one again? This one, the Never Say Never Now, what's that one? That's, uh, well, it's going to be in uh, Basil oh, Hayden's still... Bourbon Barrels, yeah. Okay. So Is Asian. it bottle? Did I there's see one? Bottles? There's a few bottles left of, of this year's version. Which was? Which is the... a Jim Beam Barrel. Jim Beam Barrel, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So last year, well, it was late 2018, yeah, we did a Wild Turkey and a Jim Beam Barrel Aged version. And we Sick. released them separately so people could kind of like taste the barrel. That's very cool. Fun. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, do you, would you ever, or have you ever done like, like a Pilsner lager or anything like that? No, not your thing? No. So it's basically IPA, sours and stouts. Yeah, you could say pale ales too. Oh, pale, I'm sorry, yeah. Pale ales, double, hop I, hoppy, you know, double IPAs, triple IPAs, pale ales, like that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and then like sours in general. Um, and then we've done a few Belgian kind of inspired things. I guess you can um, about that Saison up there. Yeah, we've done like a dry hop tart saison, which I liked a lot. Um, and we've done some Brett stuff, like Brett Pale Ales, which wasn't the most popular brand for us out there. Like it no. didn't move. Like I thought it was a cool nerdy thing, like 100% Brett Pale Ale. But uh, that is still Dre. Yeah, forgot about Dre and still Dre. It's 100% Brett Dre fermented. Uh, I very much appreciated that reference as a hip hop head, and yes. there's not a lot of uh, hip hop love in in craft beer. <laughs> particularly yes. in Canada. <laughs> so thank you for that. Which I try to drop a good reference if, yeah. I, if I can. <laughs> are, are you a, uh, a hip hop fan in general? Yeah. For sure. I'm a big like jazz guy, but um, I definitely listen to a lot of hip hop and uh, my partner does too. We're big kind of like hip hop guys whenever Hands we come in. sneak in a little reference here and there. Drop it in there. <laughs> like most people got to get that one anyway because it's relatively uh, well known. We did this, so we did this barley wine called Sweet Premium Wine and uh, it was actually a reference to a KMD album. Um, you know, KMD. KMD. Um, who, who is that again? That's, remind me. Sounds They're, familiar. Like more of an group? old school group. Yeah, it was like 90s stuff. Um, from? Where they're, I'm forget where they're from, but. Who were they down with? Because back at the den, it was kind of like everyone was associated with somebody. Oh. Like it wasn't like they, no one was their own thing. I don't know if I can go deep on that one. <laughs> I'll look into it. Check it out. I'll There's a song on this album. It's called Sweet Premium Wine. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's even better. And so actually the label for that was inspired by the album artwork. That's dope. Uh, MF Doom? Oh, okay. I never really liked Doom. So they like, Oof. no, I respect him. <laughs> a lot of rap nerds, like the Dilla guys get real mad. Yeah. Because they love Doom. I don't know why. Like, it's just boring to me. But yeah. so KMD with like a subgroup of like kids. Okay. Well, check it out. Check it out. It's good. I out. like that. I just like any, I respect any, uh, any rap references. That's dope. Yes. Um, one thing we were talking about earlier, which I think we've touched on before we get into the um, uh, lightning round, keeping this one on point today. All right. Um, the shipping in Ontario, uh, one way for people to get to be if they can't come out to Markham. So Markham is approximately what, like 20 minutes north of Toronto, northeast of Toronto? Depends on the traffic. Depends on the traffic. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about you it. You could be in Toronto in 25 minutes if well, there's no traffic. Or, yeah, or an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on when you choose to go. but It's uh, out of control. You got to time it out for sure. Right. So, <laughs> so one way, I mean, being that you don't have a huge licensee presence for people to, to get your stuff. I mean, you do do some festivals, like I said, or at least send kegs. Like we tried it for two years in a row at um, sure. Bose Oktoberfest, which is great. Um, one other way that's opened up in Ontario is the online shipping which is so sick because not every province has it. From my understanding, it might be one of the only ones that can legally do it. Cause I know Quebec doesn't, I got friends in BC and they've never mentioned um, any online shipping. I follow breweries from everywhere and I don't even, I feel like it's not even really that common in the States. 
So I think this is like a very unique thing that Ontario has. Depends on the state. I know in California they can ship like breweries can ship direct within the within the state. Right, but they can't the ship. It's basically very similar to Ontario. They okay. can't sell out of. They out can't of sell direct to consumer outside of their state. Right, which might be changing soon. We'll mention neither of us know the details, but there's some sort of a things uh, are happening. Maybe some sort of things <laughs> are happening. Uh, fingers crossed that they do. So that's been a, like, how's that been for you being your location? You know, people, it's a very much a destination brewery. Um, how's that been for, um, for you? It's been good. It's, it's just been a way, you know, people are like, oh, I can't find your beer or whatever. It's just like, okay, well, there's a way to do it. Um, at least we have a means of doing it. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people, if you're coming from Hamilton or you're coming from Ottawa, like, okay, that's, it's for sure not worth, like in terms of gas and, and all that, like you spend way more. Yeah. You're going to spend way more and all that. And you know, there's something to be said from like coming here and trying it, you know, from that's the true. source, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, possibly talking to me if I'm at the bar, yeah. um, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, for a lot of people, you know, time is, you know, a limited resource. So, yeah. Um, at least it's another means to kind of have our beer if you're in somewhere that's not close or you don't have a car. Yeah, which is pretty exactly. sick. I love that. Yeah, I got some good talking before. I got some mates in like Ottawa who, who order um, regularly. And I'm kind of jealous in Montreal that I'm not able to do anything like that because there's a bunch of not only Ontario stuff, but even just within Quebec, there's breweries that are just a couple hours away that I'm just not going to be able to get to. Right. And it would be really cool to be able to do that. It's just that's such a, a dope thing that... Um, uh, you guys are also in bottles, but you are you looking to? You mentioned something about doing cans as well. Were you looking to move to cans or just move some brands? We'd probably move everything into cans. Um, <clears throat> once we do, we we might do the odd like barrel age release in bottles, which um, would make more sense anyway. Yeah, kind of like we'd have a special. Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're looking to move kind of like almost everything we do because we do mostly it's it's kettle sours and IPAs, you know, whatever, which will work well. We can form that exactly, and yeah. it's just cheaper to ship, so that'll that'll it's kind true. of open up that avenue a little bit more for us. We can bring the cost down on, on shipping, which yeah. would be nice. Um, it's yeah. kind of hard because we, we were talking about it earlier about the math behind the shipping, and it's kind of like, well, some things you might make a dollar on, and some shipping you might lose four dollars on. Yeah, like if you have to ship the Thunder Bay or the like northwest in Ontario, and Ontario is freaking huge. Yes. So to be able to do that, like it's it's a we've done a, a couple of shipments to Sault Ste. Marie, and it's, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> it adds up. <laughs> it you adds know. up, but and it's it, flat rate, so it is kind of you know you take a hit or right. So I mean, like that's something the breweries, and from my understanding, it's pretty much a flat rate for all breweries are able to offer that. I mean, maybe they can drop it depending on the volume. If there's more volume than whatever, but yeah, um, that would definitely, I guess, help the, the game as well. Like cans are significantly lighter, a bit more, probably sure. less packaging for you as well. Because I guess another thing, you have to have the boxes and the whatever bubble wrap or whatever sure. hell you put it in. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, unlike a trade, you probably have to make it somewhat presentable. Yes. Because <laughs> if you're in a trade, I'm like literally whatever you can find. It's yeah. going to help it from breaking. Like, you yeah, just exactly. chuck it in the box and no one cares. But <laughs> if you get it from the brewery. Yeah, yeah, you want it to be a nice presentation and all that stuff. Yeah, so sure. there are a lot of uh, expenses incurred in it. Yeah. But it is definitely worth it for um, for that. Okay, that's sick. Yeah. Um, next beer, which one's this one, man? Holy Trinity. <sighs> HTIPA. That's fire to fuck yes. So this is the uh, the popular IPA that the kids are all loving. The kids the kids do enjoy it. And uh, this one is seven, seven even? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Holy Trinity kind of got named after uh, <clears throat> Trinity of Hops. I was about to say. Uh, I'm not a religious man, but uh, <laughs> you know. I didn't take you for one. The beer makes me sometimes. Uh, yeah, so it's Citrus Simcoe Mosaic. Okay. So it's always that hop blend. So that's like some of my favorite hops. Uh, 
that's fruity as hell. I can agree with that. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... That is exceptional. I'm actually going to purchase some bottles to go. <laughs> let's uh, let's get that photo there for the children. Oh, glorious! So get the tongue in on that one. Oh, I saw that. You get it. Yeah. Like so now, you're not mad. Change it up. Because you were mad from the the the, the pucker ring salad, <laughs> and now it's like, oh, I'm happy again. Got the haze. Um, Citra Simcoe mosaic. And so basically, so do you have that? And I really like. I love this about barista. Instead of having core brands. A lot of I've seen a, not a lot I've seen a, a few do they'll bring say something like this and I think you mentioned it before you'll bring this beer back four times a year or something like that is that kind of how you operating yeah it's, it's kind of whatever we feel I want to say like there's no basically we just try to keep an IPA around we try to keep a pale ale around right we try to keep a sour around um, and then maybe like whatever else around. So there's no like set, like whatever that IPA is going to be. It might be our spring IPA, which we just had. It might be, um, yeah, we just, we just do so many different IPAs. Um, and even sometimes we'll change the recipe when we rebrew them. Like this Holy Trinity gets tweaked all the time with the ratios of hopping, with the yeast that we use, with, um, just everything, you know, the water profile, it's always getting kind of tweaked. Um, always trying to make stuff better, but always try to have like those styles around, but then what is that going to exactly be? You know, this pale ale is with Sabro and Azaka, you know, maybe you'd come back and it would be some other, you know, some other, it would for sure be another blend. Yeah. (laughs) So there'll always be something, but it would be like, so say people really love this Holy Trinity. They know that there's, it'll be back eventually. Yeah. Like in this exact form, essentially. Maybe or or maybe not. So if I can think of a way to improve it, then I will try. Would, it, would, would you change the hops? Or um, be... No, that's been pretty set. That's been like the constant. But then the amount of hops has been changing. So we've been upping like upping the dry hop rate just like over time, just gradually increasing the, the dry hop rates. Okay. Um, you know, it turns out kind of like fruit. It's like dry hopping. Like you can't, I mean, you, you can go too far, but it's, it's hard. <laughs> right. It's hard to go too far. <laughs> it's kind of hard to go too yeah. You can never really be too tropical. <laughs> it just oh, becomes like... Can, is this financially viable? <laughs> That's really more. Am I going to go to business if I put that seventeen dollars <laughs> a taster? Yeah, <laughs> which is actually for real. In uh, Australia, they've been doing a lot of air freighting to yeah. try and get the American, North American beers out there. And like, if you by the time you add up all the costs, particularly say coming from the East Coast, air freighting hoppy beers out like this taster would be. I've I've seen them play fifteen bucks. Say other half. Jesus. Out there and stuff. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, things people do for beer. <laughs> I, I mean, I was in Japan uh, back in August and was trying craft beers out there. And it, it was not cheap, but it wasn't that bad. Like a local? good pint of, um, there was some local stuff. There's a lot of like American stuff, but uh, for like a good pint, I remember I had a double IPA and an actual pint. Uh, it was probably like $16, $17. Okay. But you're in Japan and you're drinking like whatever modern times. It's like, okay. So it's like, all right, I can, I'll, I'll cover that. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can deal with it. I get this. it. <laughs> and if, for it to be fresh, if it's yeah. a double IPA, they will have to air freight it. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, they could ship it, but it's going to be dead. There's yeah. just no point. Yeah. It's kind of, not I guess, it's style, been, no, not sure. quite. Yeah, definitely we're lucky to have access to all that, but that's sick. Um, I'm just cautious of time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do the lightning round. Uh, so the first question is, what is your guilty pleasure beer? A beer you would be embarrassed to admit to a beer that you enjoy? Oof. There's there's beers I would have that I'm guilty, but I actually still don't enjoy. Right. (laughs) So you have it because you have a choice, but you're like, damn it. (laughs) 
Uh, man, that's a that's that, an interesting. So, that's an interesting question. I'm kind of spoiled, as mm. as you might imagine, working yeah. in a brewery, yeah. uh, and a lot of people drop stuff off. So you don't um, really get to drink bad beer too often. I don't have to. Um, <laughs> I I would say uh, I would say Modelo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. A good I don't always actually enjoy it, but I'll do it just so I'm like, okay, this is just like my mind is turned off. <laughs> it's like yeah, they have to think about I'm it. I'm not thinking just, about anything. Um, you know, yeah. analyzing. No. It's a little darker as well, so it's not just like the yeah. Fizzy but I did that. have one last week, and I, it was a guilty <clears throat> pleasure thing, and I was like. Well, I actually really like this then. <laughs> yeah. Maybe situation. Maybe on a beach is okay. Yeah. And then exactly. you have it like just at a restaurant. It kind of, it was just more saying. guilt and no pleasure. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, the opposite, be you would decline under any circumstances. I would? Yes. So you go to a barbecue, you don't have a six pack of Planet of the Apes, IPAs, I'm sorry. And uh, someone's like, hey, have this. And you're like, you got any water? Oof. Okay. So. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> mm. The original one or all of them? Uh, probably all of them. Yeah. Those or maybe just the beer? high alcohol one. Oh, God, they're the worst. Like, That's like college worst. beer. <laughs> when I first started drinking beer, I didn't know how bad they were. I tried them all. I think I did all of them one night too. Oh, God. I don't know how I didn't vomit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. No one said that before. Um, what was your gateway beer? What was the sort of craft beer that brought you across? Innocent Gun. Nice. Original Innocent Gun. What a fantastic beer still, right? That blew my mind. I was drinking... Canadian and Coors and whatever usual back in university and a friend's like innocent gun I was like is that one word it's like no <laughs> it's three and three whole entire words yeah innocent gun like original uh, back in like 2010 I was like oh my god Have had six percent or whatever it was 6.3 or something it's like oh my god it's just so unbelievable vanilla and like it's just so such intense a nice so unique beer. have you had it recently no I haven't had it for a while either I wonder if you still like it I remember having it fresh, or like LCBO fresh, like a new shipment, and I was like blown away. It was like kind of hoppy, actually. It was unbelievable. Really nice. I haven't tried it recently, though. I'd like to, just to see, actually. That's a, that's a good one. It'd be interesting. Um, favorite beer style? IPA. <laughs> any particular one? Any particular IPA? Or any particular, you know, New England, of course, West Coast. Gotta be New England. Yeah. Let's get real. Not even a question. Not Let's even a real. question. Nothing else even matters, really. <laughs> um, least favorite. Doesn't mean you hate it, but maybe Ooh. like l- least inclined to. Uh, I mean, you could hate it, but you don't have to. <laughs> so many styles to hate. <laughs> so uh, many. They're all trash. Least favorite style. I have to beer judge tonight, so I'm. I'm like I love all styles. All and styles. I totally. Uh, That's what I said. I don't know what I'm judging. <laughs> no, just in case. Just in case. Like oh, Bali went no, gone. Done. <laughs> Zero uh, out of a hundred. Something I really hate drinking. It's tough. There's been some interesting ones that we would say. Um, some of the more common ones are like wheat beers, which always initially surprised that me. Came to mind, yeah, because <laughs> of like the coriander, the spices and stuff. Yeah, I would never make like a wheat beer or like a German style wheat. I probably would never. Wouldn't I don't particularly that. enjoy those. Um, yeah, Ratch beer is the number one answer. Yeah, that's an easy smoke one beer. too. Smoke beer. beer. That's an easy target. <laughs> it is. Of smoke beers. I'm sure they're not bad. If you like liquid bacon, I guess. You know. Yeah, if you're in the mood for that kind of deal. A bit of a campfire in your mouth. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go for like a, a German wheat beer or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I feel it's that. It's all good. It's all good. You know, yeah, it's, it's, all good. it's what I'm least favorite. It's all, not yeah, yeah I, I don't hate it. I'm just like, I wouldn't search it out or buy it. Yes. 
I used to back in the day though, and I realized now, I don't know if it was from talking to so many brewers who mentioned all these different styles. I'm like, oh shit, I don't like this anymore. I never thought about it. Like I thought maybe it's come from that or it's just like over time that banana estery thing is just less appealing. I think it's like some styles have just lost their place in the overall spectrum. It's like you're either looking for something experimental and new or you just want something classic. And yeah. like depending on how you kind of grew up or kind of for, you know, for a lot of people like lagers that like classic, like that reminds you of like good old fashioned beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> And that's okay though, and they've come back around. That's a whole new thing for sure. Uh, favorite uh, be a city, destination, or country? Where do you like to go? Sorry, you can still take a sip while you're thinking. Yeah, I don't want to uh, ruin that. Um, so many places. Whether you've uh, already been there or want to go there, I still haven't been to Portland. I'm going in uh, August. Oregon or Maine? Oregon? No, Maine. Oregon. 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 Yeah, yes. yeah. Portland, Oregon. Doing Oregon. this, yeah, Seattle, Oregon. Sick. Uh, Seattle, Portland. So I haven't been there. Um, Near Holy Mountain? No. What's that? Is that a oh, that's the monkish of Seattle. Okay. Like the like the full haze brewery where you're going to have to line up. Or whatever. Right. Holy Mountain. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Um, but I haven't been there. But um, yeah, pro- probably like San, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, just like some of the breweries around there um, have like really inspired what I kind of try to do and what I, I do. Sick. Okay. Good answer. Uh, first beer you ever brewed? Oof. Remember? It was a kit. It was yeah, a kit. Started in a kit. It was a kit. I, I think it was a pale ale. Good? Out of a kit. Was it good? Yeah. I think I thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but was it actually good? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, favorite and least favorite styles to brew? I mean, I guess you do like three main styles. So <laughs> all of them are the favorite. Least favorite are the ones you don't brew, maybe. Um, yeah, some of the fruited ones are a pain. Like all the fruit additions are a little bit of a, Annoying. a task. Yeah. Um, and sourcing some of the fruit can be difficult. Um, I I would say I, I love just. I mean, this is it's hard to give it creative answer but it's okay it doesn't have to be creative I'm excited for IPAs just doing a hot blend and seeing how it actually like turns out at the end um, so I guess that's fun just seeing like okay this is how this ended up turning yeah, which way it can go um, <clears throat> least favorite anything that's like messy or like aside from fruit oh we did this beer with like a, well this is more like actually just certain recipes we did a beer with coconut and uh I put all the coconut like in the kettle, just let it like float around. Yeah. And then trying to get it out of the actual kettle was like a nightmare. And there's like the whole back was just coconut and hops just all over the floor once I got it out. It took, yeah. me, it took me like an hour just to like sweep everything. And all the coat, it was just, yeah, it was a whole it's disaster. Yeah. Certain recipes, just if they're like, if I'm trying a technique or whatever, um, yeah, to like not backfire, I get like a good end flavor, but the process is a bit of a nightmare. Not so fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he like a lot of stuck mashes from things like rye or whatever. Yeah, gets, yeah, we did a brute lee with like fifty uh, percent rice, and it was a, <clears throat> it was a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare yeah. It was a nightmare. <clears throat> it just, I used rice hulls, and I used a lot, but it just didn't do anything. Oh, it didn't keep them unstuck. Yeah, it. I thought it would help, but it did not help. Did not. And so that most recent brute lee was like it, it, was, was, a, it was a disaster. The goddamn is maybe the best one of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Please do that again. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Gotcha. Um, you're the man. Uh, worst beer you've ever made? Worst beer I ever made. <clears throat> Probably like commercial or homebrew, or could it be either? Either or. 
I would assume if there's any of the commercial ones, it probably didn't get <laughs> probably didn't get bottled. <laughs> probably didn't get bottled. No, there's been a few dumped commercial beers that never saw the light of day. Uh, we did this one beer as a homebrew back in the day. Uh, it was like a holiday spice ale, and nice. it got some weird infection. So it, it was like dried out. It was overcarbonated as hell. It was like a gusher, um, yeah. as the homebrew as we call it. Yes. Uh, so super overcarbonated, and it just had this like very alcoholic, like unpleasant, boozy character. But because you know I had made it with my friends, we like push through it. Yeah, we're like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna. F- Love this the, ugly, ugly child. Too. God damn it. <laughs> it's our child. It. So we have to love it. We have no choice. Funny enough, like, means uh, my co host Scott and I, we did a, one of those exact same holiday spice beer and we split a five gallon uh, batch and we did one of them with apple cider and the other one with like a bunch of spices. Not thinking of the volume that we put in was for a full five gallon in each, so we put the amount of spices for a five gallon in half. <laughs> yeah. Under the apple cider, so the apple cider batch turned out to be no carb at all, but it tasted good. Right. And this one was really sharply carb, but you could barely drink it because it was so spiced. But if you mix them together, it was good. <laughs> so it defeated the whole purpose of separating the batch. So maybe there's something with these like Christmas winter spice ales that are uh, are related very strongly. <laughs> Screw those beers. <laughs> um, what music do you listen to when you brew? Uh, I'm a jazz guy, but hip hop, jazz. Yeah. Sometimes jazz influenced hip hop. Hip hop influenced jazz. <laughs> uh, I guess there's such a thing. One of the one of the two. Um, yeah, usually like hip hop or jazz. Do you have a top five MCs? Or is it not that serious? I'm not that serious. No. I'm more into like like Robert Glasper. Oh, yeah. you know, Robert Glasper, yeah, Robert like yeah, kind yeah. of just more like soul R and B, but then I go more into like the old school, like Coltrane, Cannonball, like old school kind of jazz right. kind of stuff. Didn't Glasper do an album recently that had like Erica Badu and like a whole bunch of people on it? Yeah, he did this really great album. Uh, what's it called Robert Glasper Experiment Black Radio? Okay, um, it's just all featured singers, artists. Uh, I think he won like a Grammy for it. I swear he did. That's probably why I'm aware of it or something. <laughs> and he, he did Black Radio 2, which was a similar concept. Um, but yeah, he's an amazing like pianist, keyboardist. Pianist? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I haven't checked out his stuff. I haven't got Black deep Radio. Into jazz. Great That's album. All right. Check it out. <laughs> um, what's your favorite hop? Tough question for you. Uh, a lot of favorite hops or favorite hop? The question is singular, but singular. I because uh, of the nature of your work. I want to check the <laughs> The fact that there are so many hops, and it might be hard for you to choose. Um, the my answer would be Galaxy, but if it's good, if the beer is good, or if the hop, if the hop is good, because there is the bad batches. There's bad Galaxy out there, and okay. I've bought it. Yeah, and, I've bought, and, I've, yeah, <laughs> and bad Nelson, it. like Nelson, yes, but I've gotten bad Nelson too. Damn, or be- okay Nelson. Okay Nelson is still great, right? But it's not as good as good Nelson. <laughs> And it's the most expensive. I'd be kind of mad. Yeah, I know. But do you call them up and be like, dude, what up? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Or do you just not? You can't do that. You kind of just. What are they? Because what are they going to do? Are they yeah, credit you or something? I guess. No, the deal's like, done. <laughs> it's over. Well, where we get it, it depends where you get your Nelson. But we bought some directly from other breweries. So it's kind of like, uh, there's no, they're not like a hop retailer. It's just, <laughs> yeah, they right. probably it's were like, oh, this Nelson's just okay. Let's just like sell off uh, the rest. Cheeky. But uh, you got to be careful. Yeah. Never heard about. I guess technically it's kind of like grapes or whatever, same thing, right? You can have bad years or people let it go off or whatever. Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, Nelson, I mean, Zitter. those are the easy answers. Citra is like for sure the go-to yeah. um, that we can afford to use and like is available, but yeah. good Galaxy, like we've done some sours and like IPAs with Galaxy. If you have good Galaxy, it's like, it's, over. it's cheat code. Do you, um, <laughs> it, it kind of is, but do you, do you mix it? Do you blend it? Because I always find that Galaxy is like bullies all the other hops out. Like if you got a Galaxy beer, like, oh, this is Galaxy. You do it straight away. Yeah, it depends. It depends. Like we have an IPA coming up next week with Idaho 7, Citra, Galaxy. So Galaxy is like 25% in that Because you know, it's all you need. Idaho 7 is the most underrated hop for sure. Yeah, Idaho 7 we, we use definitely in quite a lot of things. It's a great nice. hop. So nice. Um, but yeah, Citra is just kind of, I don't know, you can't go wrong with that. No, ever. Our good, good Nelson, good Galaxy is like for sure the top. Yeah. Definitely good being the, the, the thing. Yeah, like the Citra is generally really good that you get, that yeah. we get right. off contract. It's, it's good. I guess because such volumes, it's sort of like hard to probably get bad stuff. Well, we, we don't have contracts for Galaxy and Nelson, so we buy them kind of like piecemeal, I if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And typically, we're not getting the cream of the crop. We're getting like the crumbs <laughs> at, the, at the bottom. It's of the crumb crumbs. galaxy, if you will, and the crumb <laughs> Nelson, which uh, fortunately we're so small that we, you know, that's kind of, uh, that's where we, that's where, yeah, that's where you're at <laughs> for, yeah. now. for now. For, for now. now. Do you get that bomb galaxy go down? Exactly. Um, what does your family think of your job? Uh, my dad loves it. And then does. He used to be a Coors Light drinker. Not anymore. Uh, now yeah. he only drinks IPAs. Yeah. And he likes double IPAs. What's his fave? Uh, oh, he, like he'll drink Holy Trinity for sure. Yeah. Any IPA he loves. Oh, yeah. Um, my mom loves it. She likes sours. Yeah. She doesn't like beer, but she'll drink these like super fruity sours. So. Okay. So I find that really common. It's like the introductory is so almost strange, but like I guess it speaks like a white wine drinker fruity kind of a little bit tart and stuff yeah. and it's like for her if it tastes like beer mm. then she doesn't like it which I get it. not to speak too much to the style but yeah <laughs> let's just say these super fruited sours are not super beer like no so when it doesn't taste too much like beer she's like, she's like all right i like this I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so at that. least i make beers that both of them really enjoy so i think that's uh that's and good for them. that's sick they're covered um and the final question was what is your favorite adjunct <laughs> you know the, the answer is lactose but I've never used lactose actually. No, no, I don't believe in it. You don't believe in it? Team Extra calories, team bro. no lactose. <laughs> oh, that's fair. You know what? We need Gotta to stay shredded. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard someone brewed IPAs, that. low yeah. carb. That's the way. That's uh, the way to go. Yeah, keeps All you day. keeps you ripped. Um, <laughs> secret guys, secret. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, probably spelt. Do okay. Lot, we do a lot of like spelt IPAs. What is spelt? Spelt. It's a grain. It's a grain. Not okay. too different from like wheat or whatever. It's just a little Flat the kernels, like a little bigger. Yeah. Typically, it's like a little reddish. Um, yeah, we put spelts in like a lot of things. All right, just okay. like sneak it in there. Yeah, a lot of sours and IPAs. Will and what spelt. does it give to the? It, it has like a doughiness, kind of like a wheat, but it's not quite as like raw as like wheat. It doesn't have that kind of raw dough character. So it right. adds like body and kind of fullness without that kind of like bready, sometimes like white dough character you get. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of beers with spelt when they actually are generally it's spoken about. If it's got spelt in it, yeah, it's generally mentioned either in the name or in the uh, tasting notes. Yeah. So we've, we've stuck it into like double IPAs, pale L's. We put it in yeah. everything. But yeah, it's a it's, good substitute for wheat, basically. Huh. Okay. That just makes it a little more unique. Cool. All right. That's a good answer. Um, last beer. What's this one, bro? I might just hit the washroom. Can Do I it. No, of course. You can go. I'll keep things going. Um, loving all the haze. So... Yeah, 
basically, if you guys are down here, the, the brew pub is in the, uh, like a, a, a small sort of industrial area. Um, super roomy, doesn't look as big from the outside as it is when you, when you come in here. Um, but it's super good. Like right now, they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven beers uh, of their own on tap, as well as three guest apps from Bellwoods and Blood Brothers and all things. So literally, like you cannot go wrong here. Um, super impressed. I was telling Jordan earlier, the only beers I'd had, I had three beers from them. One was a triple IPA. Uh, one was, uh, what was the other one? There's still Dre with the, the Brett IPA and also the Brute Lee he mentioned just before, which was by far my favorite Brute IPA I've ever, ever had. Um, so I, was, I, was, I heard they did a, a batch recently, so I missed it, but um, exceptional. So I'm super impressed. It was really cool to actually come down here and try the stuff. Um, particularly because this just speaks to my palate with all the haze uh, and the sours. I mean, just before we went on, we had a, um, was a peach and Amarillo sour, exceptional, just, you know, the fresh uh, peach puree in there. Um, and the tropical from the Amarillo is gorgeous. So everything's very much in my, you know, if you guys listen to us, you know what I am personally about or what we're about here on BOS. And this is exactly the shit that we love. Um, and this bad boy right here, Jordan, this is the pineapple Holy Trinity. Yes, sir. So basically Holy Trinity, same exact same thing, just with pineapple. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, just. Nice, it's almost like a slightly tart version. Oh, fuck, that is good. <laughs> yeah, it's like a slightly tart version of, of that, right? Oops, wrong way. Oh, right, fine. Gorgeous. <laughs> yes. Um, is it just pineapple puree? Yeah. So it's actually a combination of juice concentrate and puree. Okay. So <clears throat> trying to think of the math here. Uh, I think it was like 240 pounds of puree and then like 10 gallons of juice concentrate into like uh, whatever, like 10 X. Okay. <clears throat> of juice Why did you use juice concentrate? Just so I guess it's more like <clears throat> in a beer that's stronger. If you had too much puree, it actually ends up diluting the beer. <clears throat> so like the juice to water ratio is is kind of it's good for beers that are lower alcohol, like four or five. But if you want to keep the alcohol up around seven, you'd have to make a much stronger beer and then dilute it. You'd be dil basically kind of like diluting it with puree. Right. Um, so using juice concentrate gives you like super intense flavor. Um, also. Um, I find pineapple to be like a fairly subtle fruit. Yeah. And it's hard to get big intensity with just puree in pineapple beers. Um, so we've done like a pineapple sour before with just puree. Yeah. And we were putting like, uh, it was like a pound and a half per gallon of concentrate, which is a, a fairly high rate. And it was subtle. Right. At that fruiting rate. So it's like, okay, well, and this is also ultra hopped. Like the sours are fairly neutral in terms of their base. This has like a ton of citrus Simcoe mosaics. I'm like, oh, same. <clears throat> so for this, for that fruit to come out underneath all that stuff, it, it would have to be, you know, so the juice concentrate just kind of bumps it up while keeping a little bit of like a natural edge from, right. the, uh, from the puree. Okay. That's so we, we generally don't go with concentrates, uh, but I think sometimes you kind of have to just to get the intensity where it belongs. Right, right. I like that. Yeah. Have you done other variants of like a, an IPA with with fruit at all? I've done pale ales with fruit, but I think this is the first IPA with fruit. 
we've done pales like blueberry. <clears throat> we just did, we have one with grapefruit that's on tap. Nice. So it we've is. messed around with some of that. Um, IPAs with like, we've done IPA with coconut before, like flake coconut, um, stuff like that. Coconut's so good. Yeah. That'd be good with the sabra. Yeah. Just to boost it up a bit. It might be too much almost actually. Maybe, I don't know. Blood Brothers just did an IPA with sabro and coconut. Yeah, so. was it the chill, chill thing? I don't know. No? Maybe. I haven't tried it yet, though. That's sick. No, it's, it's definitely the way to go. I love um, pineapple in any beer is always glorious, and I didn't realize that if you just add too much puree, it just, like, dilutes it. That's interesting. Or it probably wouldn't ferment. Or it wouldn't come through. Like, yeah. basically the amount of puree you would need if you were to use straight puree, Damn it would be too much, and you just end up diluting the beer and... And you might not get like a big intensity. Yeah. So certain fruits, like we've done so many fruited sours, I've kind of learned a few things and it's like certain fruits just aren't as intense and you just need to kind of find ways to make it come through. I think that doing a concentrate is kind of the way to like get it done. To get it done. Yeah. No, I like that. I think we were just talking, oh, well, I say we, like I was, it's more than me. When you were in the bathroom, I was just talking about the peach one we had before and that was with yeah. the puree. That was like just nicely balanced. Yeah. Like the peach worked well with that Mario. Yeah. Yep. Super sick. Yes. I'm assuming is that the same? We got the pink. Oh, pink, uh, pink will have a mango. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, is that the aseptic fruit purees that you get? From yeah, we, we use a lot of stuff from Oregon fruit. Uh, I love that the guava one is just the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, we've done like a straight guava sour with their stuff. And so, yeah, this is a, like a 50 50 blend of mango and guava. Uh, guava is that in bottles? It's sold out. Damn. <laughs> but it is on top. Still, we got like a couple of kegs left, so come get it, goddamn. <laughs> um, not that sick, and you, I guess you're sort of always doing different fruit sort of combos and whatever. Yeah, like this is um, the first time we've done mango guava. Like we've done mango and guava separately, but never together. Um, so it's nicely going to blend her up. We've done okay. peach before, but never dry hopped with amarillo. Okay, so we'll like repeat stuff, but we'll try to make tweak it her up a bit. tweak it up. And I find like dry hopping a sour just adds another little like flavor element in the background yeah um just adds like a lot of depth because like peach is great but to me certain fruits like it just adds a little mystery element to it when you have the dry hop in it yeah um so we've been toying around that we did like a blackberry sour uh recently nice. and we dropped it with citra so it's just kind of like well. it's blackberry but then there's like another like because when you dry hop a sour just you get so much interesting uh like fruit expression from the hop right. and it just adds another layer and it's like ooh, it's not just blackberry it's like other tropical fruits and all that so right just kind of messing around with that and every hop has its own profile um and you know amarillo is a very fruity hop it's very like stone fruity peachy apricotty um so it's kind of like a natural thing it's like yeah it's like it's still apricot but it's or peach apricot but it's got this little extra no thing going on thing there. going on in the background no i love that is there anything that you guys are working on that by the time this will drop in a couple of weeks, is there anything sort of that you can speak to that's coming soon or that like fun stuff you got? I guess you said you've got you yeah. a couple of things. But. We're doing summer IPA um, maybe later this week, depending on how things work out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's hazy IPA with um, Idaho 7, Galaxy, Citra, uh, dry hop. And then we also have a grapefruit uh, sour coming. So grapefruit puree plus juice concentrate and dry hopped with citra nice um cryo citra yeah lupulin powder the lupulin powder citra so we've been messing around with that a little bit in certain beers um so yeah those those are are made for sure (laughs) yeah that's happening (laughs) and then probably our black ipa will be coming back as well nice um gold medal gold medal winner uh, yeah cbas OBAs. canadian brewing awards uh last year maybe nice yeah 
in Halifax? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. All yeah. right. Yeah. Black IPAs are so ridiculously underrated. And when you get a good one... Not like, everyone makes them too well. No, that's probably opinion. why. <laughs> I had a couple of good ones recently. So I'd be curious. When does that come back? Probably when it's colder? Mm, no, it'll be sooner. Bit. It'll yeah. be sooner. Like three weeks, maybe. Two, three Ooh. weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get on why the not? online store, folks. Okay. Anything else? Other, like... People could uh, We got a new single hop IPA series, which is this is totally brand spanking. It's not even announced by any means. Oh, yeah. Still working on the, the labels, but single okay. hop IPA series. We have a hop called Strata. I don't know if you've seen any I've stuff. Heard Strata. Of Strata. I don't think I've tried it. Right, you're up on the you're up on I'm, the stuff. I'm up on game. <laughs> I, I talk to very smart people. Often. Good, good. <laughs> so we've got some strata. We're looking like for a way to use it. Uh, so we want to do like a single hop That's IPA sick. with it. Nice. Um, I love we're trying series. to stay cool. You know, yeah, we're trying that's to stay what the kids are doing, right? <laughs> we're trying to stay cool. So they're all doing Sabro Strata. You know, right. um, yeah. It, was there another one? What was the hop? Because Sabro, I think, was a hop of 20, either 18 or 19. And last year was on the side with L. Laurel. Laurel, like, yeah. We've used Laurel a bunch. Um, Laurel's so Laurel, Laurel's, Laurel's been in our spring stuff. Okay. Um, like it was in our spring IPA, people really enjoyed. Last year it was in our spring IPA. Um, we've messed around with Laurel. It's it's cool. cool. Now it's all about Sabro. Yeah, that's, you know, that's old news. So. <laughs> The top's dead to me. It's done. It's done. It's over. <laughs> Never again. It has its place, Please. but it is super floral. And if you're going for a floral kind of like melon thing, it's good for that. for that. But I'm not always going for that floral no. kind of character. But it's a cool hop. We mess around with it. Like cryo laurel, regular laurel. It's been in, it's been in stuff. Okay. It's been around, but it's, it's dead to me now. It's so. done. It's done. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just bury it. We don't want it. No one wants that one. Um... Yeah, okay. Is there anything else we need to? I'm just conscious of the time. It's probably yeah. a good time we'll wrap her up. Is yeah, there anything, yeah. where can people find you online, dude? Online, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Website gets updated regularly. What is the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? Do you know? It's just Rouge River Brewery. Nice. That's it, straight up. Nothing, nice too, no, nothing too fancy. And all the, um, the beers, when they're new, they come online. There's um, always a, yeah. Um, so always our, our, up, like our online store is always updated. So as we like post a new release, it'll be on the online shop. Uh, available to order um, if you go to our website there's always a list of like what's on tap and what's uh, available to go sick so if you're ever curious just click on the top on tap kind of list and then it'll show you and I that's it's it's, it's kept very up to date good yeah which isn't always uh, the way it rolls so that's good no. No. Um, so if you're in Ontario order and if you're not in Ontario get a mate in Ontario and order to them and then get them to send it to you and it's worth it god damn it 100% love it bro genuine pleasure man really great to finally get down here thank you man and drink some haze with you um guys thank you so much for watching and listening if you enjoyed the episode mate boom smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below hit the notification bell so you know when the new episodes drop follow us on social media at beer with podcast check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like uncle jordan right here talk about craft beer that is it y'all we'll see you in the next episode get in here